the big thing is like we want the art to speak for itself. We want the process to speak for itself. Like we don't really want to do YouTube content in the traditional way that people do it. We really want ideas to be the leading force of, of what we do, not just like creating content that fits a certain system. Like we don't really care about views. Like we don't really care about all that, all those metrics. Like what we care about is like one comment. Oh, okay, word, like I, I made this connection or word, like this helped me with something or that's really interesting. I never thought about it that way. Like, of course there are people who, who do both, you know, they're able to do a little bit of everything, but like for us, we really just, you know, we really want to grow our community. We really want to grow our viewership. But the number one cornerstone to everything that we do is like letting the process speak, letting the idea speak, letting that line right. that cuts through and connects these different cultures and these different ways of thinking together. Like we want that. We want that to speak for who who we are as creators, and we want that to speak for our content. So that's the vibe. That's the vibe. <laughs> content you know may not be for everybody and that's okay you know we, we want to make material and media and content that that just resonates with you and if it resonates with you then thank you yeah that's good dope and you can cut that like it, you know i said some, i repeated some stuff so you can cut that down even like half of that you feel what i'm saying just just the just the core of it you know what i mean the core core of that and and, and clip that and, and have that out and we can share that on twitter and everything like that so let's do a little bit of arcade as we talk is that cool if you do that yeah yeah most definitely yeah, so I'll just do the same, you know, just kind of, you know. You know, we've been talking a lot about Arcadism on um, our documentary series, on our newsletters, on our video series, and, uh, you know, we kind of have been hoping people can put two and two together and figure out what exactly it is and, you know, read some of the stuff that we've written about it. And I think a lot of people are using the term more that it's resonating with the community. I've been very wrapped up into Arcadism here as of late with you know, my roommates and everybody else that's around me. But when I watched this documentary, I'm like, I don't know what type of state of mind like these uh these gentlemen and i don't know like, how, how many of you guys worked on this documentary was it was it just the two of you it's really exciting to see this term being used and so i wanted to just kind of quickly go over a little bit of what it is and how it's evolving right so there's no like one word definition it's kind of like postmodernism. it's kind of like you know any of these sort of uh you know philosophical terms that more so get at a vibe for lack of a better word they get at a motif they get at a they get at a style you know you can't really define a style you know what i mean a style is something that you live it's something that you experience it's something that that grows with you as a person and so arcadism is definitely in alignment with styles the short version of it is, is that it is a media theory right so it, it focuses on the, the actual method of crossover the hip-hop influence the way they dressed you know the cultural you know backgrounds that the characters had i'm like i get it like i understand what 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 rom and and the gang are, are trying to say to me here and um i think it's something that really speaks really deep within people this very basic element of two two ips two two concepts two brands that typically wouldn't go together when they come together and make a new thing like X-Men versus Street Fighter, for example, that's an example of arcadism, right? 
Space Jam is a is an example of arcadism in the sense that like you know Jordan combines with Looney Tunes. You know, it seems like it doesn't make any sense at all. But because of the way you know uh, corporations work and capitalism works and how brand has evolved, specifically in the United States. It, it makes sense that these two brands would go together for the sake of commerce, for the sake of marketing. But it, it, it grows beyond its life as a, as a marketing ploy, right? It's not just, oh, that's just something they do for marketing. Like we know that in the back of our head, but once they fuse together, they become something that seems really valuable and really new and really special. Marvel versus Capcom is a great example of that. It seems in some ways that the combination doesn't quite make sense, but when it did come together, it created a whole life of its own. So it's about this process of creating new universes, new ways of thinking, new expectations through the process of combination. And that goes back to this theory of, you know, hip hop and how hip hop came about. You know, there was music before hip hop, but when hip hop kind of came about in the late 70s, it was repurposing, remixing and combining these different elements that people wouldn't think go together. Basically, it like took these bare elements and allowed people to rap over these beats, you know, taking old records and flipping them and looping them and, and making something new and the art of sampling. You know, that's all arcadism. So when we talk about hip hop and we talk about fighting games and we talk about arcade culture, and we talk about pop culture. It falls line in line with hip hop. You know, modern culture is very, very like related and close to this concept of hip hop culture. You know, you can't really have modern culture without hip hop culture. Hip hop culture is like, you know, the original counterculture. You know what I mean? It's the original overriding of culture, that graffiti aesthetic, that graffiti mentality, that turntable DJ mentality, you know, that flipping and scratching records and making something new. It's that whole, that, that, that hunger to be heard through the abstraction. You know what I'm saying? It's that Keith Haring, it's that Basquiat, it's that Warhol, you know what I mean? It's that Virgil, you know what I mean? It's that, it's that mentality. So the, the whole concept is like, okay, we love fighting games, but are these things related to hip hop? Of course, look at Third Strike. I swear. You are the most undisciplined fighter I've ever known. Shut your damn mouth. And the only one I wasn't able to kill. Yeah, that makes sense. Mugen is the name, pal. You got that? Look at Japanese culture and its relationship to hip-hop and its, and its love for hip-hop and its admiration for hip-hop. Samurai Shampoo. Look at, you know, the creator of Samurai Shampoo's love for jazz and Cowboy Bebop. Those pieces of art live on such a high level within the within the you know atmosphere of pop culture. When you think about Afro Samurai and RZA and Wu Tang, and then Wu Tang's fighting game, and then Wu Tang's comic book, the OG Arcadis. You know what I'm saying? So it, there's there's many levels to it. One is the sake of combination. One is that it's a media theory. Two is that it's you know it's this um, exploration of its relationship to countercultures like hip hop, but it's not the only one, right? And then the other element is that arcade, arcadism also has a deep connection to architecture. And when we think about architecture, we're thinking about, you know, the arc, right? Architecture, Noah's Ark, right? Arcades, archery, right? These bows, these sort of structures that are the, you know, the window that you walk through or the door that you walk through. So it's about liminal spaces as well. The arcade, you know, the original arcades that we know about in Paris, they were not video game spaces. You know, they were basically outdoor malls, you know, for lack of a better term. They were like exterior shopping spaces. 
So the relationship to arcades and its etymology is very much related to this utopia that can be found in contemporary shopping, you know, or this or this sort of superficial or artificial utopia through contemporary shopping. And then that's connected to Arcadia, right? And ancient uh, uh, ancient Greece utopia, right? So there's there's levels to the relationship between utopia to architecture to space to commerce to buildings to culture to 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 civilization to relationship building to combination. It's it's very hard to explain uh, and sh- like very succinctly, but you can kind of understand that archaism is all about the continuous overlap and the continuous hunger to learn about the genesis of something. And for us, that genesis is going to be you know centered around fighting games and arcades. For the '90s kids and the '80s kids. That was really the first place that we interacted with technology in the first way. So in a way, that was our genesis with technology. experience really really connecting with tech in a public space around people with discourse when you you know you would wear the new jacket with the new sneaks you know and then you would like go to the arcade and you maybe you were the best street fighter too and there was a whole mythos around that think about all the players that were great at street fighter you know too that are lost in time but their memories of people who went to those arcades and they saw okay Look at this dude's style. Look at this young lady's the way she does her hair, the way she has, you know, her her jackets or the or the you know what I mean, or the patches she has on her coat or da da da. Like that was a part of it. And 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 y'all know this is true because when you look at nostalgic synthwave 80s inspired media movies content, what do they do? The arcade is the most stylish place in the universe. Now in retrospect. Every game from Call of Duty to Halo to, you know, a lot of games by Xbox, they all have arcade motifs in them because the arcade is is in a way the ultimate place. You know what I mean? Like when you look at Apple, they dropped Apple Arcade. Why? Why not just Apple Game Center or whatever? It's because the arcade is kind of like, it is the cornerstone of nostalgia. It is the center of nostalgia. Right. When you think about 80s, you think about 80s video games. You think about 80s arcade. When you think about synthwave, you think of maybe the DeLorean and, and some arcade type font, typeface with, you know, some neon lights. It's all a part of that same sort of uh, desire, that same sort of interest, that same sort of love, that same nostalgia, the same passion. And, uh, you know, arcades are the original or one of the original liminal spaces because you pass through the arches to get to their destination.